So, it is official. Officially official. Signed, locked down. The Ottawa Senators officially make it official that they have an official new owner. And that is official. According to uh, Post Media, they have reported that that is done. Michael Andlauer and his group now officially part... (laughs) Sorry, that one was an accident. Uh, Officially own the Ottawa Senators. And uh, just in time for a new season... Expectation is that he will be unveiled at a press conference at Canadian Tire Center on Friday. We'll talk about uh, just in a quick little episode here today. Why not one more for a Friday? Let's throw down one more episode this week. There's been a ton of news, all kinds of stuff coming out as camps have opened. And and we've actually had, I guess, a show every day this week. So uh, good for us. Uh, My name is Matt Robinson. Welcome inside the TCA studio. And uh, make sure you're following along on social media. Make sure you're subscribed to the pod wherever you're hearing us right now. Uh, Rob is back in here for the Monday morning show. We'll recap some of the stuff that we've already hit this week in more of a conversational sense with him. But uh, I am fully expecting over this next weekend as camps fire up, uh, get into full gear, um, exhibition games start getting played, that uh, that there will be plenty of news on the bone when uh, when he returns. Plus, uh, we'll have a better handle on the Jays and, and how things have gone for them as well. Uh, as they have polished off their series here with the Yankees and will get set to take on Tampa. He's very much still in the race with the Baltimore Orioles. But that is for Monday with Rob. Stick around for all of that. And before that even, yeah, you know what's coming. Saturday, September 23rd, over at the Nita Beer Company, Oktoberfest. Looks like it's going to be a great event. I think you're going to enjoy this if you're into the beers, if you're into that German music. Um, with your ticket, get a get a couple of beers. That's nice, right? And you can upsize those for a couple extra bucks if you want to do that. Uh, food, traditional sausage and schnitzel. I can be able to check that out. That's uh, I, I caught that last year. That was pretty good. German music. There's going to be contests. You got a Steinhold contest. You got a keg throwing contest. All kinds of good stuff. All of it at 190 Colonnade Road, the Nita Beer Company, on Saturday, September 23rd. All the information at nitabeer.com, N-I-T-A, beer.com, or just check out the show notes wherever you're hearing us right now, and uh, we'll make sure it's all linked there for you as well. So what does it mean today that, uh, that we officially have an owner? Everyone's known since June this was done, right? That it was going to be Michael Andlauer and his group. And it was just taking a lot of time to dot the I's and cross the T's. It's a $950 million deal. Lots going on and lots of due diligence being done by both sides. So this took a little longer than they wanted it to, but now it's here and it's done. On Thursday, he signs the contract. And like I said, it is expected on Friday, there will be a press conference that officially unveils him and begins this new era. So what does it mean for the team on the ice? Because the timing of all of this has been a little awkward, right? This has gone on now for a year and a half and not necessarily the actual process, but since Melnick's passing, everyone's known that we were eventually going to get to this point. And so it takes about six months before the Melnick estate decides to, you know, put the team actually on the market, open up the bidding process. And then we go through... You know, if we did the Ryan Reynolds thing and the Kimmel group thing and a couple other different groups making noise. And even that process starts to stretch out and take a little longer. And we're hearing some teams or some groups are in and some are out. Um, people with trying different power plays, right? Ryan Reynolds decides he's going to try and squeeze this and, and get, you know, an advantage that no one else is going to have. That ties things up for an extra couple weeks. 
And we land at a point in June where we find out who it's going to be, right? The letter of intent is there. He technically wins the bid, but it's right before the draft and it's right before free agency. And he's not even officially the owner yet. He just, you know, has won the right to to finish this process off. And so there was a lot of talk at that time. Well, you can't really change much right now. Even if you wanted to replace Pierre Dorian, it's right before the draft. It's right before free agency. And we have to have some sort of plan here. If we fired him today, who would we replace him with? Do they know immediately, you know, the, the Sens system? What do we need to reinforce? It's not just guys you might add to, um, you know, in free agency at the top end of the, the NHL. It, it's guys that might have to fill out your AHL roster or your EACHL organization. What should we be drafting for? Um, it would have been a lot to put on a new general manager. And so you're sort of stuck. And I don't know that Michael Landlauer wanted to fire Pierre Dorian, but what I do know is that he didn't really have a choice. It wasn't a good time for it, right? And so you go through the rest of this process, and Pierre Dorian steers the team through the summer, and I don't think anybody particularly likes the Alex DeBrinkett trade. I think he should have been able to do better there or maybe just shouldn't have made that deal a year earlier. Uh, but he does lock up Jake Sanderson to a nice contract, and so that's one in his column. And he's allowed to steer the team through the rest of uh, the summer. And so we arrive here at training camp now, just opened this week, and now Michael Landlauer will officially have all the power, right? He is the man in charge, the managing partner. Um, it, it's, it's an awkward time again. Let's assume, and again, I don't know. Let's assume he might have been interested in changing direction. Because right now, a, a fantastic piece today in The Athletic by our friend Ian Mendez, talking about the tenure of this group, of this management team. Pierre Dorian and DJ Smith are entering their fifth season as a pair, right? As general manager and coach and not once have made the playoffs. That's never happened in the salary cap era. No tandem like that. No GM coach has ever started five years together and not had any success whatsoever in the salary cap era. And that's what's about to happen here in Ottawa. So it wouldn't be crazy it wouldn't be crazy if Michael Landlauer was at least thinking about making some changes. But the timing is just as awkward now as it was in June. Camp is open. Do you really want to walk in here on day one? Happy to be the new owner of the Senators. Love the city of Ottawa. Very excited to get going. By the way, we just fired our GM. Two weeks before the season. I can't imagine that's going to happen. The timing stinks. It's definitely not going to happen. Well, <laughs> I was going to say it's definitely not going to happen. No one fires their coach two weeks before the season, but there's some people in Columbus, Ohio that might tell you that sometimes your hand is forced and, uh, and it pans out that way. That's not what's happening around DJ Smith, but you couldn't even do it if you wanted to. The timing stinks. And it's just the way this is all played out. It's not the NHL's fault. It's not the team's fault. It's not Ann Lauer's fault. It's just the way these processes have landed. Had they been, had Michael Ann Lauer gotten control in maybe mid-July, 
even the first week of August, might he have then decided, I have time. I could change my GM. I could change my coach. Yeah, you could have seen that. But not now. Not now the camp is open and he's officially getting the keys to the truck, right? So it makes things just a little bit tough again. And as I said, you're talking about the seventh longest tenured general manager and seventh longest tenured coach. Those actually line up in the NHL, DJ Smith and Pierre Dorian and have had zero success, like none. Last year, missed the playoffs by six points. It's as close as they've been. And it really wasn't as close as it felt like. They had one run early March where it felt like, yeah, maybe they'll get in this race. But they had once again dug themselves such a deep hole that it just wasn't sustainable. And so you talk about two guys starting this season, as Ian Mendez put it, on the hottest of hot seats in the NHL that may only still have their jobs right now because of the timing of this ownership change. It might not take much at all. I think Pierre Dorian is a little safer than DJ. It might not take much more than like two and six out of the gate, two and five out of the gate for DJ Smith to lose his job. This team cannot get off to another slow start, especially with how sweet their schedule is at first. I think it's five of six games are at home. I think they only have four road games before they go to Sweden in November. Everything is stacked up perfectly to get off to a great start. And if they don't, I can't imagine Pierre Dorian will be allowed to wait very long before firing his coach. You just can't do it. And like I said, both of these guys are in the top 10. They're both at seven in length of tenure right now in the NHL and, and have had no success. So you don't have much of a leg to stand on. If you're Pierre Dorian to turn around and say, I really think we should give this guy a a longer rope as we're pissing away another season. Why? What has he shown you that would tell you that we're getting off to another bad start? We're pissing away a huge season and we're going to keep this guy anyway. I think Dorian gets a little bit longer of a rope because it's rough to fire your GM in season. It's not unheard of, but it's much more rare than firing your coach. But I think it's pretty likely that these two are only still here because of the timing of the ownership change. And he will not wait long to fix that if it turns out it's necessary. So that's interesting. Like I said, no tandem, no GM coach has ever missed the playoffs five straight years together and both survived. And I think that's pretty reasonable. (laughs) You both can't be bad at your job for this long at the same time and get to stick around and keep doing it. So we'll see. It's a great piece by Mendez today in The Athletic. Highly recommended if you're subscribed. We'll share the links uh, in the same place we always share the links. Show notes, replies, all that stuff. Well worth a read. Not a whole lot interesting on the first day of camp for Ottawa. Josh Norris in a yellow jersey. They're calling it a tweak. He's calling it a tweak. No one's allowed to call it an injury. If there was a game next week, he'd be playing in it, all this stuff. And it's probably true. It's a little alarming, though, with how much time this guy's missed due to injury and how important he's going to be, especially while you don't have Shane Pinto signed. Not a great start there, but no one seems overly concerned, so 
We won't pull the alarm bell just yet. And I thought it was interesting to see Thomas Shabbat on the right side with Jacob Chikrin. We've been talking about how Jake Sanders and Thomas Shabbat and Jacob Chikrin are all lefties, all natural left-handed defensemen, all used to playing on the left side. I've had a lot of Sens fans in my replies suggest that Chikrin would probably be the guy that would move to the right because he's done it before in Arizona. Uh, He hasn't done it as much as you think, and it didn't go as well as you'd like. So someone was going to have to do it. I was surprised it was Shabbat, but I think I like it because quite frankly, I think at the end of the day, you're going to find he's the least defensively responsible of those three anyway. So if one of them is going to have to make some defensive mistakes, it might as well be Shabbat. (laughs) If one of them is going to have to be uncomfortable, he was the most likely to look uncomfortable anyway. So just do it. But they'll flip it around. They'll try a couple of different things. I don't think they're going to do it to Jake Sanderson. He's the youngest of the group. He's just got this new contract. I think you want him to be comfortable, continue to develop. I think Shabbat and Chikrin are the two that may swap back and forth a little bit. But for now, it's Shabbat. And I just think, like I said, it's not even meant to be a rip. He plays a high-octane style. He's a very offensive guy, and he's prone to make some defensive mistakes. Well... Whoever's playing on that right side on their offhand is more likely to make those mistakes anyway, so just put them over there. It was going to happen regardless, and let Jake Chikrin be the stabilizing guy on the left side. I I think I like it, but I think you're going to see both here through camp. That's probably enough for today. We'll wrap this one up. Just thought we'd check in, talk a little bit about... I was just very interested in the timing of this whole thing. When Michael Andlauer was picked as the guy, and it kind of handcuffed the team around the draft and free agency. Then he officially gets the keys... And you're already sort of into camp and you can't do a whole lot. We'll never know exactly what he wanted to do, but I don't expect him to wait very long. If by some chance this doesn't get off to a great start, I think he'll make a change. He'll find out exactly what direction this team is going to go under his stewardship. We'll see what that all looks like here in the coming weeks. That's going to do it. We'll see you on Monday morning when Rob's back in studio with me. My name's Matt Robinson. Thanks for checking out the show. Have a great weekend. That's it not work under these conditions. If anybody wants me, I'll be downstairs at McDougal. Call the weekend guy, I don't care.